0: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning Five here on Friday, August eleventh, twenty twenty three. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. It's a big day on the Ohio State football beat. All of Ohio State's practice is open to the media later this morning. Yes, all of Ohio State's practice today open to the media later this morning. We're gonna get to all of that. Before that, I'm gonna let you guys know our latest sponsor. We're so thrilled to be thrilled to be. Sponsored by these guys, betterhelp.com, betterhelp.com. Mental health is so important and we can get you 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com. Just use the code BuckNuts, go to betterhelp.com, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com. Use code BuckNuts, get 10% off, you get licensed therapists. You can change therapists with no additional charge and, um, you know, BetterHelp. Is uh already helped millions of people, and you can be the next one. So get with better help. Betterhelp.com code bucknuts to get 10% off. And this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Again, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right, let's bring in my guy, Jonah Booker. Jay Book, good to see you, my friend. How you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I am doing well. I can't wait to watch practice here in a few minutes. You a uh, lucky, yes, you a yes. lucky
1: man. You get to go over there, and watch the practice on the Friday, man. You can't beat
0: that. Sometimes I'm like, I'm jealous of you. Sometimes you're jealous of me. Like you get to like <laughs> live in the valley of the sun, you know. When it's like freezing cold here in January, it's like seventy where you are. Sometimes I get to make you jealous and go watch Ohio State's practice. So let's get into some of the high points. Um, you want to start with quarterback or right tackle? Where, where are we going first? Let's start with the quarterbacks. Let's do it. Let's do it. So. I believed Ryan Day when he said this is a close battle, and it sounds like it is. He spoke with the media yesterday. He says, you know, it depends on the day. Um, And I don't think that means that Kyle McCord is struggling. It sounds like Devin Brown's playing well. Both guys are playing well from what I've uh, gathered. Uh, What's your take so far in the battle at quarterback?
1: Yeah, I believe him, Dave. Um, I think that both guys are out there competing at the highest level. A lot of people will say on the Twitter world that, oh, it's just coach speak. Um, they're probably really not neck and neck. And I truly believe them. I think that Devin Brown's elevating his play, Dave. Uh, it's going to be a battle all the way through camp. I wouldn't, would I be shocked if they don't even name a starter or and they say they put the or on the depth chart like they do frequently. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we go into week one and you have an or, but I will, I will say this, Dave, you know, if, if they're both neck and neck, The question that the coaches are going to have to sit down and ask, do we go with the younger guy who has the mobility, the legs, the uh, the athleticism to really extend the play when something breaks down? That was the kind of the cheat code that Justin Fields was able to bring to the table with this offense. Whenever something wasn't open or somebody really dialed him up with a blitz, he would make a defense play with his legs. Now, if you got a, a guy in common core who's been in the program uh, for several years now and he is in a neck and neck battle with the younger guy, do you guarantee yourself uh, two years with the younger guy or do you go with the heady veteran who really knows the playbook, who has the, the respect of the team, best friends with Marvin Harrison Jr. And I can, people can say what they want. I think that's a big deal. Having that rapport with the best wide receiver in the country, that's very important. So either way, I think Ohio State is going to be in great hands, but there's a lot of dynamics to talk about because if Devin Brown wins that job, could Kyle McCormick leave? He could, and a lot of people said that he probably should. I don't think with the way that the season's unfolding, Dave, that he would leave. I think he's the type of guy that would try to stay around the program because you never know. We saw it how many times in Ohio State quarterback history, you're always one hit away from being the next guy up.
0: Yeah, and they can always use the 2014 example, Though hopefully we don't need to get down to the third quarterback this year, getting down to the second quarterback. But Coach Day's talked about it a lot, as you know, Jay Book. He's just like, we, we might be able to do more things this year, take more risks with the quarterbacks because we have depth. And it's not just depth, in my opinion. It's because he feels like one and two are, are neck and neck. Um, I don't know. I, I still feel I'm still confident Kyle McCord will try out there with the starters when they play Indiana in the opener. But, man, it is a, definitely a close battle. Yeah, and
1: I will say this. I I think it is true that they didn't allow C.J. Stroud to run because they were concerned about what was behind them. Um, same thing with Justin Fields. You look at the way Justin Fields, his legs are being utilized with the Chicago Bears. Fields was dynamic with his legs. But I do believe that they also held him back, considering what Gunnar Hope was the backup quarterback behind fields. There was really nothing there in Chug, And so yeah, so there really wasn't a whole lot of depth there at the quarterback position. Even if there was a situation to where Lincoln Keyhopes was able to get in the game, I think he can hold himself and uh, he can really elevate the offense against some of the competition, maybe not against the upper echelon, but you have to really feel good about the depth at that position here. I just think this is going to be a battle that's going to go all the way through camp, and I think we talked about it last week, and if you get the chance to talk to him, Ask them how are how are they going to evaluate those quarterbacks off the field because that was something that Ryan Day mentioned that will definitely play a role in who they're going to decide the starter is. Is they're also going to be monitoring how these guys operate uh, once they you know put the cleats in the locker room and those guys are around the team in the locker room in the facilities.
0: So overall, right now you're a Buckeye fan. You're a couple weeks into camp, almost like. How- how is a regular Buckeye fan feeling about the quarterbacks right now, you think? You feeling good? We got depth? we got talent? Are you like, damn, we're a couple weeks into camp, we don't even know who our quarterback is? Like, if you're just an average Buckeye fan or you're talking to the average Buckeye fan, what do you say about the quarterback situation?
1: I don't think Buckeye fans are worried about the quarterback's position because you look at the track record under Ryan Day. Um, he's, he is pumping out quarterbacks. They're all playing at, at a high level. I just think that most people believe that, both guys are capable of leading this offense. Both guys are capable of competing for a national championship. Under the tutelage of Ryan Day, he he has earned the benefit of doubt from the fans to say, hey, he's whoever he chooses will probably be in the, in the running for Big Ten Player of the Year, put up ridiculous Heisman-type stats, and maybe get an invite to New York. It's just a matter of... Who do you prefer? Do you want a guy who's a little bit younger, uh, maybe a little bit more on on the wild side that's going to bring an athleticism and an element with his legs to the table? Or do you want a a guy who's a little bit more heady, a veteran presence in the huddle? So it's just a matter of who you're going to choose. But I have no doubt in my mind that either quarterback is going to play at an elite level.
0: Let's talk some left tackle and right tackle. I thought left tackle was set. Josh Fryer, left tackle, bam, right? We've been talking all offseason, though. There's a chance Josh Fryer could play right tackle, and what did Ryan Day say yesterday? Josh Fryer is repping at both, left tackle and right tackle. They're trying to figure out, you know, who are their two best tackles. Is it Jimmy Simmons? For those who don't know, Josh Simmons likes Jimmy. So it's Jimmy Simmons, Tegra Shibola. you got – um, you know got Jimmy in there and uh, you got Luke Montgomery in there which is absolutely huge I did not expect Luke Montgomery to be in this race to be a starter is there a chance we're going to see Luke Montgomery as a starting left tackle and Josh a starting right tackle where does Jimmy Simmons fit in where's Tegra fit in where does Zen fit in just your thoughts on left tackle and right tackle Jay Book
1: yeah I was actually surprised about the Luke Montgomery um, kind of thing that's starting to pop up here. I, I When you look at him in some of the pictures and stuff, his frame looks like he's more built to be on the inside as a guard. Uh, he doesn't have a, a ton of length when you look at your prototypical left tackle, but he's mm-hmm. getting a long look there. I would say this, day we're still pretty early in camp. I think you can probably get away with it right now being August 11th, that you can get away with rotating guys trying to figure out who's going to be the best fit. Uh, I know that they did say they really like Jimmy Simmons. They think he's starting to come on. Uh, so that's very good news that he's going to be able to, you know, potentially be the guy if asked, if he's uh, called upon. I will say this, they, if we start getting two weeks from now and they're still rotating these guys, that's when I'm going to start being a little bit concerned, a little nervous to say, all right, we're almost had it, headed into week one and you guys really haven't figured out who's your first unit The thing about the offensive line, Dave, a lot of it is so mental, especially when it comes to the communication, being able to uh, make your center guards, tackles, be on the same page, communicating, getting your calls from the quarterback. That only comes from repetition, working together as one unit. So eventually they need to settle down to say, okay, here's our ones, here's our twos. Let those ones get as many reps as possible with each other so that they can start to gel as they head into week one over to Indiana. And then the second unit, okay, these are my twos. This is where you fit. This is where you fit. Who's my sixth offensive alignment if somebody gets hurt? Is it Tegra? Is it Montgomery? Because if that's the case, once you decide who your sixth offensive alignment is, Dave, then I'm cool with you repping that person at left and right just for emergency type of situation because they know that they potentially could be that swing tackle.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, man. I mean, like Zen Mahalski, we were out there last Thursday. It was, we had Last Thursday was open and then today is open. Last Thursday, the first practice of spring, Zen Mahalski was running with the ones at right tackle. Yesterday, as you know, Jay Book, when Ryan Day was going through the candidates, he didn't even mention Zen as one of the candidates. <laughs> That's what you know. Like, first day of camp, like, you know, you yeah. take charts with a, an entire canister of salt. So, yeah, I don't know if that means Zen's completely out of it. I did find that interesting. It sounds like it's really a battle, as I said, between Jimmy Simmons, Tegra, Luke Montgomery, Josh Fryer, two of those four for the two spots. Yeah, and then you – you are uh, also throwing Vic Cutler in the middle. Sounds like he's
1: starting to push for that center position. He got his black stripe removed. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, they still got a lot of moving pieces, Dave. But I just think that um, being able to gel, being able to work as one un- unit is critical. So hopefully here w- within the next week, once you guys get back out there, if the coach lets you guys in uh, to view some more practice, you can really start to see things take shape. OK, these are the ones that start to be a little bit consistent, get a better feel for who's probably going to be that week one starter. They can continue to get those reps. Because here's the thing, Dave. There's only so many more practices of summer camp. I will say here in the next two weeks, they're going to get out of there and it's actually time to start preparing for Indiana game week. That's that's when you really start. Um, getting into the film, what Indiana is going to be able to do, getting scouting reports, the breakdown of who you're going to be matched up against, where they're from, um, getting all of those pertinent details for Week One. So they only have about two more weeks, two and a half more weeks, I believe. There's a big scrimmage uh, this Saturday, so you're obviously going to have your your ones, you know, versus versus ones, the good on good. So I'm curious to know, and they're probably going to have that pretty tight lip. To say, okay, these were the guys who were going against the first team defensive line. That right there kind of gives you a little uh a little tip on who they are thinking about could potentially be the ones, but that's something that they will absolutely keep behind closed doors.
0: Yeah, I love the practice is open to the media today, the entire practice. I I would trade tomorrow for today, I would, because tomorrow, (laughs) as you mentioned, is the first full scale scrimmage of camp. I would love to see that, but uh I'll enjoy seeing practice today. So last thing about the offensive line, we'll move on to other uh, items about this team. The interior of this offensive line, as you mentioned, Vic Cutler looks like he's having a good camp. Got his black stripe removed, as you mentioned yesterday. I still think Carson Hinsman's going to be the center. He's going to have a good year as a redshirt freshman. And then both starting guards are back. We're talking about all the uncertainty on the offensive line. There's no uncertainty of guard. Donovan Jackson, the best offensive lineman on this team, in my opinion. Matt Jones back for a sixth year. So what's your thoughts on the interior offensive line, both those guards? and Presuming Carson Hensman is going to be that starting center.
1: Definitely the strength, um, the the guards. You have to feel really good about those guys. You got some war daddies in the middle that's played a lot of football, a lot of reps uh, when it comes to Jackson and, and Jones there. I think it's going to be Carson Hensman as well. I I do think it's great news that Vic Cutler is starting to elevate his game. From the pitchers. if you look at Vic Cutler in the pitches when he first arrived, in the winter to where he's at now you could definitely see a body transition from him so that's great news one thing that they talked about with him was just getting used to playing at a level at ohio state as opposed to the lower level where he came from i believe it was uh, down in louisiana so i just think that getting him uh pushing carson hensman that's what ryan day said recently said that he's starting to push carson hensman that's great news competition Iron sharpens iron. uh, But you have to feel really good that you have two veterans in the middle squeezed against your center, because that's the thing, Dave. At Ohio State, the center has to make a lot of the calls um, to make sure that everybody's getting set. But it helps tremendously to have two veterans on each side of you who's going to be able to help you uh, make those checks, make those reads when you need it.
0: Jay Book and I are going to talk more spring football in just a moment. We'll let you guys know about our other sponsor for today's show. We've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, Manscaped.com. There's a reason this company is completely blowing up. And everybody that I know that subscribes to this company absolutely loves it. And because of the Bucknuts Morning 5, you can get 20% off. So go to Manscaped.com, use code Bucknuts, get 20% off, and you get free shipping. Manscaped.com. Code Bucknuts, get 20% off and free shipping. You got to look good in this world. Manscaped's got a little bit of everything. If you have hairs on your body that you don't want there, get with Manscaped. They will have you looking good. Get with Manscaped, 20% off. Code Bucknuts, manscaped.com, code Bucknuts, and free shipping. Unlock your confidence with Manscaped. All right, back to football. Jay Book, let's talk about this defensive backfield. I have to talk DBs with you when I have you on, you being a former <laughs> college DB yourself. I love this defensive backfield. And then you have Davis and Igben who right now is running with the second team at corner, which is a huge luxury. you got Denzel Burke and Hancock right now running with the ones. Ig- Igben Nosen is yeah. your third best corner. Life is good. And he's talking about how when he goes up against Marvin Harrison Jr., and he wasn't talking smack. He was like, Marvin's the best wide receiver in the country. Love him. He's like, but it's been about 50-50. You know, like I'm getting yeah. about half of the I love that. He wasn't t- again, he wasn't talking trash, but man, I mean, get into Igminoson and the rest of these corners. What are you seeing out of these guys?
1: Definitely a, a breath of fresh air, Dave. You see that competitive edge coming out of Igminoson. He brings a, a toughness element that has been missing from the defense to secondary. I love, love, love the fact that this guy wants to compete, go at Marvin Harrison Jr. He has the confidence in himself to say, hey, I'm one of the best corners in the country. I can go against Marvin Harrison Jr. I've held my own against Marvin Harrison Jr. That right there is huge, Dave, because the thing about the corner position, yes, you got to be athletic, be able to flip your hips, do all that thing, but there's so much in the game that makes up your mental Um, if you have confidence in yourself that you can go against any wide receiver in the country and compete at a high level, that right there is so big for the psyche of that position. And it's contagious. When you have a guy like him that plays with that chip on his shoulder and that confidence, it starts to rub off on Denzel Burke. It starts to rub off on Jordan Hancock. And from all indications, those guys are having a great camp. And the thing that really makes me smile, Dave, every single defensive back that is on scholarship has gotten the interception in practice. Those That right there means that guys are getting their hands on the football, they're jumping routes, they're making plays. On the flip side, you can say, hey, what are the quarterbacks doing? But for this particular segment, talking about the defensive backs for a unit who didn't record one interception last year as far as the cornerback the position, the fact that these guys are
0: getting their hands on the football – Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. That might I have to go back and look. That might be the first time in Ohio State history, even back when teams were throwing like four passes a game, that corners had zero interceptions the entire season. Can't happen again. And I don't think yeah. – I, I think that was a fluke. Um, Where are you at with Jim Knowles? I get this question a lot, whether it's from people I don't know that love the Buckeyes that ask me, or whether it's my close family members. I get it all everywhere in between. They're like, what do you think of Jim Knowles? Jay Book, what do you think of Jim Knowles?
1: I'm not sold on him yet. He still needs to prove it to me, Dave. I thought the defense uh, took a step forward. They did get better uh, in certain aspects. But when it came down to the Jimmys and the Joes, who are you playing against? He did not perform at a high level as far as his coaching ability. When you look at Maryland, you look at Penn State, you look at Michigan, you look at Georgia. His, his defense was getting dialed up. You had any competent offensive coordinator in the booth. What were they doing? They were finding the third safety on the field, and that was a the mark. They were picking on guys, and they were able to identify when Jill Knowles was going to bring the house, when they was in zero blitz. I do think this this should be a, a bounce back year. I do think last year was uh, a major learning curve for him to say, hey, maybe I don't need to be as aggressive on third and long situations that I should, where I'm leaving safeties on the island and zero coverage, or I'm asking a corner in a critical situation like Michigan, well, all I needed is to, to sit them at the yard marker to get a stop. But no, I have them playing press, zero coverage, while belling. Like some of the stuff that he was asking the defense to do, I'm just like, you just can't do that, man. You're just putting guys in a bad position. I know the fans like to bang on the players uh, for some of the mistakes, but you also have to look at the coaches and say, why is Latham Ransom being put in a situation to where – He has to guard a 10, 300-meter guy when you're up 14 in the fourth quarter and you hold on, you're going to the national championship and winning it. You can say what you want about Latham. Yes, he needs to be more athletic and and keep his feet under him, but why is Jim even putting him in that situation? I'm not sold on the three-safety look yet, Dave. I'm a true believer that if it's a third and long situation, I'd much rather have a corner come onto the field as opposed to a nickel safety, because what you're doing is you're asking a guy who is a safety for a reason to do things that a corner specializes in, which is to guard a third or four or five receiver, flip your hips and run and make a play on the football. That's why a corner is there. So I much I will feel much better to have a nickel corner on the field as opposed to a nickel safety when it's third and long type of situation. Now, they are saying that they're experimenting. We may see that. They blame the reason that they we didn't see it a lot last year is because so many guys were banged up. So to me, okay, I'm going to take your word for that. Let's see it this year. But for right now, the jury's still out on Jim. I think that he has the potential to be a really good defensive coordinator, but I need to see it against the elite teams. I need to see it against Michigan. I need to see it against Maryland, Penn State. Notre Dame on the road. Don't sleep on uh, some of the early early passing teams that's going to be on the schedule. They may throw the ball 55, 60 times a game when they come into the shoot just to test that secondary.
0: Yeah, if you're Western Kentucky, you're coming in here throwing the ball, as you said, like 70 times. You're not trying to run the ball up the middle if you're Western Kentucky. They've got a good offense. They've got a good quarterback coming back. All right, let's get you out of here. Very, very well said, by the way, on Jim Knowles. I, I like him. I want to say, yeah, I'm convinced he's the guy because I like him. I believe in him, but I'm with you. I got to see it first now after what what happened last year. I've got to see it first. I believe in him, but I've got to see it first. All right, let's get you out of here on this. Oregon and Washington, you and I have not spoken since that happened. (laughs) I know you'd probably prefer Arizona State in there and Arizona in your backyard, but, um, hey, at least we're getting some West Coast teams in there, UCLA and UCLA. USC and UCLA, obviously we knew. Uh, from last year, or we're going to join. And now Oregon and Washington, what are your thoughts, my friend?
1: I'm excited, Dave, man. I think it's going to really bolster the, the Big Ten. I think with the additions of the Pac-12 school, the hype for the Big Ten is going to be through the roof next year. Because you look at Oregon, they returned Bo Nix, a 3,000-yard passer. You look at Washington, they they returned Michael Penix this year, 3,000-yard passer who a lot of people believe it, it has the potential to be a first-round quarterback. You look at USC, the Heisman Trophy winner. The reason I mention those three teams, because I truly believe that all three of those teams could be 10-win teams. Now, you take three 10-win teams out of the Pac-10, put them in the Big Ten with Michigan, with Penn State, with Wisconsin, with Luke Fickle, Ohio State, obviously. You know Nebraska's going to level up uh, with, with with their new coaching hires. All of a sudden, man, It is an absolute battle, week in, week out. It's great for football. So I just think that when you look at the Big Ten, the respect is going to be through the roof naturally. When you look, at it's like, oh, they added three 10-win teams from the Pac-12. The gauntlet is only going to be that much harder. I truly believe it's really going to test the depth of teams in this conference, and it will also get teams a lot more prepared for the Big 12 or the uh, 12-team expanded playoffs. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Gives Ohio State fans an opportunity to travel to different venues. I want to go check out a game at Oregon. Go check out a game at Washington. Maybe you know catch a a 3:30 kickoff East Coast time out at the Coliseum. I think it's going to be cool, man.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe covering the Big Ten championship game in Vegas. They're saying. You know, I mean, maybe that's rumors. That sounds like that's probably going to happen, though. Uh, I love that. I love that, the idea of maybe in November, uh, mid-November, going out to cover an Ohio State-USC game or Ohio State-UCLA game in mid-November when it starts getting cold out here. Um, I'll, be yeah, like, I, Dave, I'll be like, Dave, let's, let's go to the sports book, baby,
1: after you finish the meetings.
0: <laughs> I mean, yes, we would do that. I mean, I, now that like sports betting is legal in Ohio, it takes a little bit of the luster off, but not really. Not really. But it's still Vegas,
1: man. Vegas is it's Vegas. Baby. like, you go into Vegas, man. It's just a different energy and a different vibe. Like, you just
0: get fired up. That's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I get fired up when Jonah Booker's on the Bucknuts <laughs> 25 because he always comes strong like he did today. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Keep it locked to Bucknuts. As I mentioned, I'm going to be leaving for practice here in a few minutes. All of today's practice is open to the media, so keep it locked to Bucknuts for videos, a practice report, photos, Notes, everything under the sun about Buckeye football, all of practice is open today. Thanks again to the one and only Jonah Booker. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend.